You're about to listen to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor at Caris Center International. Reverend Josh Lai is a preacher of the gospel of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be blessed as you listen. You can bless the Lord with a clap offering. Praise God. We honor Jesus. I'm starting the series, Go with the Gospel. Go with the Gospel. Go with the Gospel. We have looked at the Gospel, the good news, from part one to part eight. And I want you, please, if you have not gotten the series, kindly go to the, my uncle. Uh, go to Google Podcast and go to all the platforms and kindly make sure you listen because this is your foundation. Praise God. Until you understand the work of redemption, this Christian thing we talk about will be of little value to you. And you wouldn't know what has been done and what has been left for you. Praise God. All right. Go with the gospel of Christ or go with the gospel. If I ask you right now that you have received Christ, you have received the good news, what are you doing with it? Some of you will say, I'm enjoying it. Oh, pastor, it's powerful. Oh, pastor, this is deep. You know how we say it. Yeah. Yeah, it is powerful. Yes, it's deep. But that's your description of it. Is that the purpose? So just give good, wonderful exclamations and adjectives. Oh my. This Jesus is amazing. And then what happened? Are we just to enjoy the good news? Is that what you do with good news? You stay in your room and you just dance around and then when you're done, you're quiet there. When you receive good news, what do you do? Proverbs 25, 25. Good news from afar, from far away, is like cold water to the thirsty. Hello. 
Especially, I'll add my own. This one, I'm adding my own. Especially lunchtime. <laughs> True or false? Yeah, man. It's refreshing. It's something that you would never, ever want to miss. It's something that you would always look forward to. So the gospel is good news. Say the gospel is good news. Good news must be told. It must not be found out or searched for. It must not be found out or searched for. So when you are in the church and you are just praying for unbelievers to come. Oh really? You are praying for them to come. All right, we'll look at it. You don't pray for unbelievers to come. You don't wait for people to search for good news. True or false? The term implies a message and a messenger. We have already discussed in detail that it is the good news of salvation. It is not good news for money. It is not good news for promotion. It's not good news for weddings. It's not good news for real estate. It is good news that fits every category of a human being under the sun. They must be saved from sin. Praise God. If it is good news for all the nations, then it must be good news that fits everyone. And everyone must be in that category. What is the category? Man is sinful. Therefore, every man needs salvation from sin. Praise God. Mark 16, 15 to 16. And then he told them, you are to go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone, everywhere. Those who believe and are baptized will be saved. The baptized there is not water baptism. John said, I baptize you with water. Somebody is coming after me. He baptizes with the Holy Ghost. So he said, those who believe and are baptized with the Holy Ghost will be saved. But those who refuse to believe will be condemned. So 
the good news is preached. The good news is preached. Go into all the world and preach. And preach. You can sing the good news. It's okay. But you preach it. Oh, hello. Yes, it's okay. You can decide to do drama. Yo, we hear you. You can decide to do whatever. But the work there is to tell the tale by preaching. So you preach it. Brothers and sisters, you preach it. So you engage in conversation. Let me tell you something. All these things we do in church, they are good. The singing and all of that. But let me tell you something. The good news has nothing at all to do with your emotions. So you see, Jesus taught specifically and every time they will say it, go preach, go preach. Even the apostles when they came, they were telling their disciples, preach, 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 preach. Why? Because there is no sentimentalism attached to the good news work. It does its work without any coloring. Are you hearing me? The message itself does the work. It doesn't need anybody to color it. So you have to give somebody kenke before they listen. No, no, no. You have to give somebody this before they listen. You have to give somebody that. No, it, it doesn't need any decorations. The word that Jesus died was buried and resurrected that word of God's faithfulness from the beginnings of the earth till it was fulfilled in the fullness of time. That word is life. It is that word that death could not hold in the grave. Are you hearing me? You can sing it in a reminder. It's good. You can dramatize it in a reminder. It's good. But to make the impact of saving a soul, preach it. Let the person's faith not rest on the emotions, on the melody, on the rhythms, on the harmony. Let their faith dwell on the word. Are you getting the point? 
He doesn't want the faith of anybody to go into any other thing. Save the word. Johnson, do you understand it? Save the word. Because it is the word that saves. Are you understanding it? Look at the 15. Look at the instruction. Let's all read it. Go. You are to what? Oh, you are to end. You are to go. Somebody say go. So you see, what do you do with the message? You go with it. Is it a proposal? Is it a suggestion? It is what? A command. What do you do with commands? You obey commands. Do you negotiate with commands? Do you do them when you feel like? You obey promptly. When you are commanded. Jesus said, go. What are you waiting for? Please ask the next person. So, so you talk to somebody say, oh, pastor, I'm waiting. Um, um, when I get um, 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 car, where I live is far. When I get a car, and then uh, you talk to another, oh, pastor, hmm. You see, these days, the way the work is, um, and you talk to that person, pastor, my children, the way they are. And you talk to another person, pastor, my husband, and you talk to another person, pastor, I want to learn the words more. You talk to another. Really? And you, listen, and you talk to Christians who have been Christians for several years and they don't have one soul they are discipling. And yet they have been in church all their years. And so we ask ourselves, so what has the church been teaching us? No wonder when the prophet comes and he raises, I see 10 billionaires. Then everybody, ah, I receive. <laughs> so, so now the church has become a place for raising what? Billionaires. Now, if you want to become a billionaire, come to church. If you want to marry, if you want to have a child, so the church is now a ATM machine. <laughs> hey, 
So you see, the point is this. When you are told of a purpose of a thing, it also forms your expectation of that thing. You see, and that's why you are able to feel very cool in church when you have no one at all. Because you have been given a certain purpose of church, which is giving you a false expectation of church, and therefore you think you are doing well. You are doing well. So you can feel comfortable in church. When you have not won a soul, you feel okay. So far as your business is doing well, your children are doing well, the house is running well, and things are doing well for you, then God has blessed you. Oh, are you here with me? Is that not it? Then you are growing in grace. So as a matter of fact, when we all close from church, you've already gathered, uh, I mean, the crowd. Charlie, have you seen Sister Sophie? Have you seen the new car? See, God is blessing you. Oh, Charlie. Oh, Sister. Hey, Charlie. I tap into it. <laughs> you are a joke. You are a joke because... Somebody has never visited church in their life. As a matter of fact, they take their card. They don't pray. They don't fast. They enter the showroom and they buy five. And they distribute it for their girlfriends. Am I preaching to you? The reason why we feel very comfortable not going is because our focus has been shifted on the peripherals of life. Are you here with me? Say, go with the message. Tell them he said go. You didn't tell them powerfully. Tell the person that's my job. Please tell them like you mean it. What is your job? To go and preach the gospel. Praise God. Hallelujah. It is not a message for asking unbelievers to confess their sins or to condemn them. It is the gospel of Christ. Praise God. There is no condemnation for sins. It is only unbelief. It is only what? And it is a message of reconciliation. It is a message of reconciliation. Look at John 3, 17 verse 18. God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, but to save it. So God did not send his son into the world to condemn it. But to do what? So anybody that condemns with this message is preaching a false gospel. Is preaching a what? All right. Because that is not the objective of God. 
God's objective and he fulfilled it is to save the world and he's done it. The only thing that dooms them is in 18. He said, there is no eternal doom awaiting those who trust in him to save them. But those who don't trust him have already been tried and condemned for not believing in the only son of God. The only doom is unbelief. 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 So God is seeking peace with sinners, not the other way around. God is not looking at you and think he's waiting for a fault so he will punish you. No, he has already paid for all your sins. Hallelujah. Luke 19 verse 9 to 10. Jesus told them, this shows that salvation has come to this home today. Zacchaeus. This man was one of the lost sons of Abraham. And I, the Messiah, have come to search for and to save such souls as his. That's the heartbeat of God. To save souls. That's the heartbeat of God. To save souls. That's the heartbeat of God. To what? To save souls. And so when he saw Zacchaeus. And he saw him as one. That needs salvation. He quickly went to him. If your heart don't beat to preach the message, there's something wrong. Do you have the Holy Ghost living in you? You do. If you have the Holy Ghost living in you, it means you have the heart of God. Do you know that? If you have the heart of God and you don't have his heart beat, there's something wrong. If your heart does not beat for souls, and you see souls perishing, and you feel okay about going, uh, sorry, going about your business, oh my. There's something wrong. Something wrong. Something wrong. Second Corinthians 5, 18 to 19. Let's all read it together. Let's already go. All these new things are from God who brought us back to himself. Through what Christ Jesus did. And God has given us the privilege of urging everyone to come into his favor and be reconciled to him. Next. For God was in Christ. Restoring the world to himself. No longer counting men's sins against them. But blotting them out. This is the wonderful message he has given to us to tell. Oh, Unconditional love. Unconditional forgiveness. It is a wonderful message. It's a beautiful message. It's a pleasant message. It is good and great news. Can't you believe 
He told Zacchaeus, I have been looking for you. God is not waiting for the sinner to come. He goes in search of him. What a God! It's a privilege to know this God and to know his character. He doesn't wait for you. Did he wait for you to come? That's why we don't wait for sinners to come. We go to them. Our master seeks for them. So do we. We go to the corners, to the slums, to the zongos, to the rich, rich homes. We go everywhere, the byways, the highways, and we go seek for sinners and preach the gospel to them. Oh, praise God. Listen to me very carefully. If you are rich with money, if you are rich with houses, if you are rich with all the things that the world gives and offers, and you don't win souls, you are poor in the Lord Jesus. Your poverty, you have no idea. Because you are actually left of the one thing that will go with you into eternity. Because all the things that you are rich with, you will leave them here. But the soul, you will go together with them into eternity. Somebody would open his mouth and say, I want to be a billionaire before I die. And that's their wonderful ambition. And when they say this for them, oh, Charlie, I'm dreaming. Are you sure you are dreaming? Did you just hear what she said? You actually did not critically scrutinize what you said. I want to be a billionaire before I die. So you know you will die. Did you get that now? When you die, somebody is going to chop all. You just, and I'm telling you that I wish you said, I will win a million souls before I die. Because when I die, they will go with me. If you want to leave money for people, you mean you don't want to leave souls on this earth and they join you in eternity? Which one is a viable business? Which one? So he said the wonderful message he has given us to do what? To tell others. To keep 
in our wardrobe to tell others. Say to tell others. Please tell them, I have to tell somebody. I will go and find that person, these persons, and I'll tell them the good news. Praise God. Look at Luke 24, 47. And that this message of salvation should be taken from Jerusalem to all the nations. To where? So where is your pulpit? Where is your pulpit? Where is your pulpit? And so your neighbor around you is your pulpit. Your colleague at work is your pulpit. Are you understanding the point? When you go to the market, you have a pulpit. We go everywhere with the gospel. The devil makes you feel this is the most boring thing. But let me tell you, there is not one person who we have told to go for evangelism who comes back to tell me, Pastor, it was boring. Not one. Yesterday, one of you was telling me, she said, Pastor, you have to make sure the whole church goes. I said, hey. So, you, how I so impressed on you for all these days and weeks and months and years. Now that you've gone, he said, everybody must go. He said, Pastor, they are missing. I said, hey. And seriously, you will know that when we talk about fulfillment in life, this is where it is. I remember Jesus said to his disciples in John 4, this is my food. This is what nourishes me. They brought him food. He said, you will not eat. He's full because a Samaritan woman was saved. Listen to me. When you go for evangelism, you will realize that this is the food the believer must eat. And they will feel fulfilled. You see the joy that fills your heart when a soul is saved. The day you yourself were saved, tell me, how did it feel like? The devil managed to trick you. And then church, with its loss of focus, made it worse. So now salvation has become very common to you. So much so that sharing it has even become difficult. Do you know what I just said? For some of you, it was tongues. <laughs> but market is not going well for me. What should I go and tell them? Because you have been told that when market doesn't go well, your salvation is not doing well. Yeah. Yes. 
I saw a church. What is the name of the church? Sweet Life Ministries. <laughs> Sweet Life. She said, you can really come to church. Sweet Life. Yeah. Sweet Life. So these days, when you come to church, all you need to do is to make sure your shadow out. Your perfume. Yeah. You come, wait to come and then during the offering time, put a hundred dollar. One. Next week, hundred. After two, three weeks, the pastor will send for you. Hello, Brother Paul. <laughs> we have really noticed your consistency. <laughs> it's, it's so powerful to have people like you in church. <laughs> he has already talked it over with his pastor friend. A big fish. <laughs> Charlie, you know, so, so, Brother Paul, from today, you are the head of the financial committee. <laughs> ask, ask Brother Paul one Bible verse. me, the Lord called me to become a kingdom financier. <laughs> you would take your money and you would chew your own money. Paul told Simon, he said, your money perish with you. You think money can buy spiritual things? It's not money. That is not the weight of your salvation. It's cheap. How do the things you make now become your boss? The only thing that is your boss is that which makes you. Anything you make must be your slave. So if you make money, make sure that money is your slave. Don't let it become your boss. The only thing that is your boss is the God that made you. Because him you can't make. Listen. In God's value, what God sees as worth is souls. That's why he seeks for them. Check your Bible. Wherever you see that God rejoices is because souls are one. When you see God talking about his treasure, he's not talking about money. He's talking about human beings having the knowledge of him. 
I pray that your perspective will change. Acts 10, 42, 43, I'll end with this. I want all of us to read it together. Go. And he what? Please, this is the apostle speaking. They said what? So they saw it as what? A command. That's why they died for it. That's why they gave their lives for it. It was a command. And they believed in the faithfulness of the one who has commanded them. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that it is he who was ordained by God to be judge of the living and the dead. Let me tell you, if you read your Bible well, you will know that everything happened before it happened. In Genesis chapter 1, 1 to 5, everything that will happen, happened. As a matter of fact, when he said God divided the day from what? The night. He's actually telling you the living pattern. Some will live in the light. Some will live in what? He's telling you that in the end, those who live in the light will live in everlasting light. And those who are in the darkness will live in everlasting darkness. It was settled before it began. Because God speaks from the end. Before he begins. Listen, this Christian faith we are talking about is not a fluke. It is the reality of life. He was ordained by God to be judge of the living and the dead. When you snatch a soul, you pull them from darkness into everlasting light. As you sit down with no penny in your pocket, you are living in the light. And when you die, you are not dead. You enter into light. Those who even tell you, that when you die, you die. Those unbelievers, and they sing songs, when you die, you die. So drink, eat. Too. When you die, you die. Even they, those same people, when somebody dies, they say it's not their death. And they go and call the soul of the person. If they believe that when you die, you are dead.
Because there's the reality in every human being. He has set eternity in the hearts of men. You can't run away from me. I pray that you continue to keep your eyes open. And we just do what he has called us to do. Go with the gospel. I'll continue next week. You are blessed. Grace, glorious grace. At the cross, you called it finished. Thank you for listening to Grace Bills by Reverend Josh Lai, Lead Pastor, Caris Center International. We believe the word has begun a good work in you. May God's amazing grace lead you to a peaceful and joy-filled life. Caris Center International, living heaven on earth. <laughs>